Now. Now. So what, what? No more. No. Did we finally get a cease and desist letter? No more fancy peppy. Uh, well, we just haven't done it in so many weeks that I'm just like, now it'd be weird to reintroduce people be like, huh? So it'd just be a throwback every once okay, in a while. Well, we could, we could, we could mix it up too. I got, got, got some ideas. Yeah. You can do whatever you want, Matt. You're going to, Ethan's going to run the show when he comes back. And then, and then I'll take over for a show and then we'll go back to you. You had your show a few weeks Ethan ago. Ethan the show is going to be like, I got a bug bite in Costa Rica and <laughs> it was too hot. And Did you see him, the picture of him, like, explorer, Ethan? I was like, is he wearing a scarf in the jungle? I, I said to him, not like, nice camouflage. <laughs> I gotta see this picture. I'm not, I'm not on IG a lot. I sent him a note to stop posting Instagram memes from Costa Rica. Because he was posting, you know, his crazy, crazy Instagram memes from the jungle. Enjoy the freaking jungle. Oh, and I thought I he never sleep Nicaragua too. So, uh, <laughs> so hopefully he heeds my advice. We'll see. Yeah, we'll find out in a few days if he's still alive. Yeah. Well, All right. So tell me this beer you're drinking, Colin. Well, first off, why don't you tell people what what's going on? Who are you? Why am I here? Yeah. Well, I was here Who last week. I'm Colin's wife, Christine. <laughs> I'm back because Ethan is. Not around this week. He's in Costa Rica, as prancing we were just around. saying, prancing around Costa Rica. So I figured I would um, grace everyone with my presence to talk about things I enjoy again, especially because we didn't get to fitness last week. So maybe we will this week. Colin, hit the round of applause button. Oh, round of applause. Yes, yes. Hang on. Hang on. Oh, we this is it. really delayed. Yeah, yeah. We got it. We got it. We got <laughs> you it. Can fix this in post. Yeah, we it's got in it. the wrong spot. I hope someone Here we go. Here we go. There we go. Fix it in post. There we go. No 20 second delay. Wow. <laughs> it's been a, it's been a while since I've used the soundboard extensively too. Excuses. I'm just, just saying. <laughs> well, so now will you tell me about the beer? <laughs> well, yeah, sorry, I want to know too. Okay. Well, I'll tell I'll tell a little bit and then you can tell the uh the real story. Uh so my beer today is from Definitive Brewing. Uh it is uh Confectionery Wizards. Ooh. Is the name? It is a imperial stout with almonds, coconut, and chocolate. Shout out to Brian Daly, head brewmaster at the brewery. Uh, brought this down to Charlotte when he visited the Conley household. He need to hand it to me, yeah, because Devin and Sam gave this to us, and I think it says on here that it's ten percent alcohol by volume. Is what I just saw. I think it's twelve percent actually. So. Ah, that's no. the difference I was calling out. Chocolatey wasted. It. Where's Definitive Brewing? Portland, Maine. Yeah, up in. Uh... Oh shit. Yep, Portland, Maine. Yeah, I was gonna that's... say I thought that's where it was. Yeah. Is that a pastry stout? Nah, I it's believe so. I th- but it's it sounds paste. It tastes pastryish. It sounds pastryish. Yeah, I think it's a pastry stout. You got chocolate, almond, and what? What else you got in there? It's sweet. Chocolate, almond, coconut, and coconut. Yeah. Oh, so so I. I've got a, a pastry stout as well. It's called Florida Stout. Ooh. It's uh, uh, making fun of Florida Man. Um, <laughs> but also it was uh, a collaboration, I think, with uh, a brewery down in Tampa that does a lot of pastry stouts. But this is just uh, coconut and vanilla and a stout with lactose. But it's, it's very tasty. It's by Voodoo Brewing. Nice. Voodoo. Coordinated my outfit. Look at that. Yeah. I love it. 
and I've just got wine. It's from a local-ish vineyard. It's from Shelton Vineyards or something like that. It says it's a North Carolina wine, and it is a Cab Franc because I feel like Cab Francs are not available widely. Like, you usually have to be at a winery to get them, and it's my favorite. So, oh, I'm with it. A little Wine Wednesday. Hell yeah. Send the Cab Francs. Cab Franc. <laughs> cab Franc. I love Cab Sauv, but Cab, cab Franc is my, like, number one choice if it's available. I mean, I will say... I am the man who knows how to get things. So you are. You. I was able to track down uh, three bottles of a Syrah only for sale in Italy for my sister-in-law for, for Christmas. So Cab Franc. And Andy got you the Omama beer. He did. He yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't as hard though. It just it took a little digging for that one. Same brewery, by the way, same brewery. Voodoo. 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 Voodoo that. economics. That's all I think of. Voodoo economics. Ferris Bueller. Bueller. Well, Bueller. While, while we're going over food, I, I'm, I'm not team tortellini tonight. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask. What are you eating? But I similarly, not team ravioli. Stuffed shell. Nope. Team pierogi. Ooh. Pierogi. All right. All right. How did, did you make them? No. That would be hard. Yeah. I that, bet. That's, that's lots of effort. This is um, Mrs. T. <laughs> those are the those are the ones though. Those are good. I like the box says the box says made in batches, which makes <laughs> the chemical engineer me scream. <laughs> you're not going to set up a machine to continuously make pierogi. Of course, it's all going to be made in batches all the time. So yeah. it's not like they were saying like small batch or artisanal batch. Like made in batches could mean you still made two million at a time. Like that means nothing. That means nothing, Mrs. T's. Raise your game. <laughs> Sorry. Weren't you the one making fun of Chef Boyardee? No, no. I said he was he was a Cleveland uh, mainstay. Yeah, but didn't you say that that's a reason why you can't love raviolis is because like that is what raviolis are to you? Ew, Chef Boyardee is No, disgusting. no. I get, you got to get the frozen section ravioli if you're going to get ravioli. But That's true. But yeah, I mean, Chef Boyardee would like the beef... For those who are listening, I'm putting beef in air quotes, but beef in it and like that SpaghettiO style tomato sauce, which I don't know if there's actual tomatoes in it. It's like, it's more like hot red crayons ground up. Oh, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, I mean, shout out to those who love it. Like my brother subsisted on like SpaghettiOs for a good four years of his life. So, um, you know, not, not, not hating, but just not my thing. And no, a pantheon of cheesed, cheesed pastas. That's a cheesed with an ed. It's got to go stuffed shells, tortellini, pierogi. If that's a pasta, it's potato and, pasta. and ravioli down there. Just saying. I had never had a pierogi until high school. When one of my high school boyfriends, like families, would would make it for dinner, and they called them perdogies, and thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's my memory of pierogies. And I was like, I don't really like these. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I've had like these I just boiled because I wanted to be, you know, I want to be through with it and on the podcast. But um, there was a really famous Polish restaurant in Cleveland that closed down. Uh, bless your soul, Sokolowski's. I miss you. Um, <laughs> and they serve like authentic handmade pierogi with, you know, pan fried with the little burn marks on it and you get a bunch of onions in it. And oh, now that was that was like art. And then. 
yeah, they closed down, which they had some of the best land in all of Cleveland, like beautifully looking out over the, over the river Valley into the skyline of the city. So I'm hoping they made a mint. Like if you're going to retire, like go out big. So I, I, you know, I miss it, but it was yeah. like the, one of the institutions, you know, like the place in Cleveland where all the stars go and I, you get their faces on the wall type places. Sokolowski's university in. It's sad when those places go away. I feel like they should just be around forever. Yeah, I think so. I think the city of Cleveland should be like, no, you can't sell this. We'll never zone it for anything else. You have to keep making. Well, and so the other thing is it was, it was like lunch counter style. So you just walked up with a tray and was like, I want like Mm -hmm. a bratwurst and cabbage and some corn and four pierogi. And they just like slapped it on your tray and you went. You know, you know, you're reminding me of something interesting. I read just this morning, actually, a restaurant that I want to check out. I added it to my list. I have a long running list of places in Charlotte that, that I want to check out. It's a all day breakfast bar. Ooh. Apparently, it's uh, Lamello Ball's like favorite place to go in the city. <laughs> What's it called? Uh, I'll look at the list because I did not see that on there, but like people of Charlotte, I think are big on LaMelo ball right now because he's the only thing going for the Hornets. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, oh, this but, is long. I just didn't see all of it. Yeah. So um, LaMelo, you know, he's supporting breakfast, not staying in its lane. Like he's having breakfast yeah. out of its lane throughout the rest of the day. Good it's called you. day and night cereal bar. Okay. I know what that is. And that is not like a breakfast bar. Is I don't think bar? it's like, what is it? Um, I think they serve like shakes and cereal or yeah, something but, like that. It sounds like a milk bar. There's a couple places in New York where you can get like oh milk bar, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can get like well, then they make desserts too. You can get like cinnamon toast crunch milk or mm. Lucky Charms milk, which mm. still sounds like a great place to go too. But yeah, yeah, that uh, milk bar used to be a client at my the marketing agency I work for. So oh, that's sweet. how I learned what milk bar is and i mean their stuff looks delicious in the ads so i'm ready to go yeah let's go new york we can also order at your house we don't need to go to new york we have one here we have milk bar oh no we have that thing okay okay we can go yeah report back on a future episode yeah we will and ethan will be happy to know that we've talked about pasta for like the seventh straight episode or whatever it's been and i'm eating on camera on mic i'm trying to fill that (laughs) void for ethan Should, should we use that as the lead-in to my like health and fitness discussion, talking about pasta and food? I think well, so, because because right, because if you're going to be healthy, like you can just never have carbs and pasta again, right? Like if you want to be healthy, you just got to cut everything that's that right. you enjoy out of your diet. That's right. Um, Only lean meat, no alcohol, strict, no sugar, nothing, you're nothing. You set up your wife, and you're just ruining. <laughs> You're really triggering me. <laughs> so, but, but really, a lot of people think that. Like, that's what I want to talk about is most people's assumption of fitness is it's very all or nothing. Yes, um, that's what I want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> taking my blue light blocking glasses. Okay, cool. <laughs> so people do, though. They think it's all or nothing. They think, okay, um, January 1st hits. I'm going to go all in on this diet. I'm going to start working out six days a week. Um, even though I was doing zero before I'm going to track everything I eat, no sugar, no carbs, no alcohol, no coffee, just all this crazy stuff. And then three Mm. weeks later, they're like, obviously off that wagon. And that's why that all or nothing mentality doesn't work. Um, just adding 
simple habits that you can maintain for the rest of your life over time is usually a way better approach to actually improving your health and fitness. Oh yeah. Is that a high five or are you raising your hand? Do you have a question? Oh, (laughs) okay. I'm just, I'm learning the rules of the game. Thank you. I didn't want to interrupt. Okay. (laughs) Can I go? Uh, Okay. Uh, I forget what the question is. Oh my gosh. Um, What are, what are some simple habits? Some simple habits are like drinking a certain amount of water each day. Usually I recommend half your body weight in, in ounces of water. Um, going for a walk for 30 total minutes in a day. Um, even if you have to break that up into three 10 minute walks, maybe after each meal, um, stacking that onto another habit helps as well so that you'll actually do it continuously. Um, taking care of your stress just by, you know, going to bed at the same time every night, um, having a wind down routine at night so that you can sleep well, because when you don't sleep well, the likelihood of you, um, working out the next day or having the the willpower to eat things that are healthy the next day just really plummets. Um, so focusing on small habits like that, and then as you adhere to them, you'll have the momentum to add more habits over time too. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up sleep because I know that's a cornerstone for, and, and, and honestly, that's something I I struggle with. So uh, I'm, I'm in the process of trying to right right size my sleep routine. Um, so my my informal goal is I want to go to bed before my plants do every night. And why I say that is I've got a little arrow garden on my de- my my counter downtown or downtown downstairs, and the lights go off at eleven o'clock every night. The plant goes to bed. And so that's my, my simple goal. It's uh, all right. I need to be in bed by 11 o'clock every night. Um, Cause that's something I struggle with. It's something I don't have a set bedtime and I have a hard time um, kind of starting routine. So I guess to, to segue, uh, Christine, do you have any like tips on starting routines or like little things you can do to, to get yourself in that mindset? I know you said stacking was one, but what are some of your other kind of, what are some of the practices you and Colin do in your everyday life? Is, are you raising your hand because you want to answer? No, I, I have a question for Matt. Okay, ask Matt the question. Um, I'm just curious, because uh, this might be helpful for, I guess, an answer, or just like maybe other people that struggle, like besides when the Yankees are playing and they could play until like 11, 12 o'clock at night, like what keeps you up? I was going to ask that, so this is good, because that yeah. was going to be my lead um, in. I've got a, like a, almost a neurotic I'm in my head a lot about things I need to do Um, when really, and this is part of part of what I'm trying to train myself. um, Really either I'm not going to get much done after 11 o'clock anyway, or I should have been, you know, planning to get that done earlier in the day. I can go to bed at 10 or 1030 and wake up at six. And like, there's, there's other ways around that where I'm going to be more effective or better about it, but I'll feel like I always have something to do, or I'll get home from work late and I'll get home from work at eight 30. And by the time I cook dinner and take care of the cat and, you know, take out the trash and do that kind of stuff, it's, you know, wind down is real. It's a lot. It's 10, 15. And I'm sitting there going like, like I, I still need to do stuff. I, I haven't done anything tonight. So yeah, yeah. part of it is trying to respect my own boundaries and say, all right, um, at work, unless it's something critical after six o'clock, I'm useless. I'm not getting anything done. So um, unless it's something where my boss is like, I need this tomorrow at six, which spoiler, he's never like that. Um, <laughs> I can probably go home and be fine. <laughs> yeah, that is 
one of the like biggest things for me personally is having boundaries around work. I, well, some people will say it's easier for me to set them because I have Stella, but I was like this before too. But like once five o'clock hits, I know our nanny is leaving. Stella wants dinner. Like things are about to go down at home. So I'm shutting my laptop off at five. I communicate that to people if they need me, like like they desperately need me, then I will log back on after Stella goes to bed. But having that hard boundary of like, okay, when, when this exact time hits, it is my time and my family's time and, and you can't have it. Um, that definitely helps. And then I'm also very, like, there's a lot of things I need to get done all the time, I feel like. Um, and when my brain starts to run over like that, I either write down what those things are that I need to get done. So I just am taking them out of my head and putting them on paper and, or I will plan the time when I'm going to work on them. So I'll block time in my calendar for specific things. If I'm really desperate to get something done, um, in that amount of time so that, because I know really after like four o'clock, you're not getting the best me. That's when my slump starts. So I try not to plan anything hard hitting for after four anyway. Um, so then I'll block those things into my calendar. Uh, and then again, just try and like do my best not to let anything else interrupt during those times, silence my notifications on Slack, um, like not keep my email open during those points in time so that for, I can really focus on what I need to get done. And then it's not lingering over into the evening. And, and that's smart. And that's, um, that's one of the, one of the tactics I'm trying to coach myself into is, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm reading a book called getting things done and it, it talks mm-hmm. about, Hey, if you can get it done in, in 30 seconds, do it right away. But yeah. if it's something that's going to take five minutes of your time or more, and you can't address it immediately, block some time to do it mm-hmm. and make that purposeful time for that task. Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, as a way to, to try and manage yourself to, put those boundaries in place and Colin, I got one more thing. So sorry. If you want so to put your hand down, me. but we, we know you're here, but um, you know, I used to, I used to like have this really outdated mindset towards people at work who would like leave at five every day about like, like I'm working hard. <laughs> like, like, Oh, they're not working hard. At all. That's, that's such a bad idea. Like um, again, if you need to, if you need to make exceptions here or there and push through the project or get something done, that's fine. But um you know, now I look back and look at how successful those employees were and still, they still kept their boundaries and still were able to be effective in the time they had at work Yeah, uh, and keep, keep their own time, of, you know, to themselves, which allowed them to exercise and get good night's sleep and, and, you know, be healthy and eat healthy. So again, they're just enabling themselves to be better in their time at work the following day. And that's, it's a, a tough, a tough habit to get out of. And it's something I'll shout out my friend, Steve, if he's listening, but Steve up in Michigan, uh, you know, one day just sat me down and was like, you put everything before yourself and therefore you make yourself bad at everything. Like, stop, prioritize yourself first, whether it is health, fitness, time, sleep, those kind of things. Anyway, I know meandering Colin, you had your hand raised. Yeah, so I know maybe this isn't as much fitness as you want to talk to, but like the boundary thing is really interesting. And like, for, okay, so like for us, like Matt, what you were saying about the reason I thought of this was um, the the 30 second thing. Like it is super easy when we're at home. Like it takes me about 30 seconds to throw laundry in and like get it started. And then it's like in the background, just, you know, doing its work. And then I switch it over and whatever, like it takes longer to fold it obviously when it's done, but um, to like get laundry done. Whereas like you're away from 
your place all day long. And then, so you can't, you can't do like some of the house things. You can't take care of, of Boris. Like, um, and you know, even every once in a while, I mean, I'm sure you could like run out to the store if you wanted to, but like, are you going to bring your groceries back to work and then bring them home? Like type thing. Like I could run to the store really quick cause it's right down the street. Yeah. And you have your groceries it. right in the damn neighborhood. That's so yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and like, so, um, I guess like, I don't know. I don't know. Like how I feel like it's harder, like to achieve that. It's harder to get things done when like that, when you don't work from home, but a lot of things can be like outsourced these days too. Um, True. And I always like to remind myself, Michelle Obama, when she was working in like the hospital setting, would use her lunch break to get things done because her kids were in childcare at that time. And she had like a little bit of time at work. And that's when she would go out and do things. And I was like, if, most, if Michelle Obama can take a lunch break and get things done, I think all of us can take a lunch break to get things done. Well, and, and, and exactly. Now it's, if I need to take half an hour and run to the post office or just even just some days, I literally just drive around. I go out and I'm going to get out. I'm going to get away from my desk. I just need to get away from this and stop staring at my damn email inbox. Um, you know, that, that being that being giving myself that time, I think is important. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this. You could go for a walk during that time. Go for, for a yourself? walk. Well, I, I try, I get about 10,000 steps a day already. I think I should that's be good. better than that, but that, that's um, pretty good. Just trying to get out and around the plant. And just say, all right, I gotta gotta make my rounds. Uh, we have something called a Gemba walk, um, which is a manufacturing term. Gemba is like where the work happens. So they see, you know, Gemba walk is I'm walking around where my employees are actually doing the work, so I can interact with them and see them and say, like, oh shit, that conveyor is leaking and making a lot of work for Jim. Like he shouldn't have to shovel that. Let's get that fixed. You know, that those kind of decisions. But anyway, no. we'll talk about manufacturing some other time. <laughs> um, so sleep. Um, small changes in building habits. Um, I like the idea of, of if you think of something you need to do, writing it down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, cause I try and do that with like a grocery list. Yeah. Why can't I do that? Or, you know, Colin does it with the restaurant list. Um, why can't I do that with a task? And just, I mean, I'm going to have this near me at all times because I just carry it around me all the time. So why can't I open up a Google note and put those tasks down? I think that's a really good idea too. Yeah. It helps just to get things out of your head that way. So I recommend it. I also recommend the book. Um, oh, it's something called, it might just be called Habits. It's by James Clear. Um, it yellow? Yes. Did yeah, you read I that? I, I haven't read it. That's a really good one. I listened to it on Audible and I just like blew through it. He gives a lot of different tips for you to um, solidify habits and habit stacking is a big one. Oh, are you going to grab the book and show me? What is it called? Habits? Atomic Habits. That's what it's called. Atomic Habits. <laughs> you know you're just talking to yourself right? well i thought he's listening i thought his headphones were on oh, maybe maybe i'm wrong maybe I'm you wrong. don't have it i have it's... the the power of habit oh the power of habit that's probably that's a good, good one. one atomic habits is the one atomic i'm thinking habits. of all right i'm gonna write okay. that down now, yeah atomic gonna, habits i bought the power of habit and never read it so i need to i read that. i listened to it on audible i don't know if that's your thing but that helps me get through books too. Um, Matt to listen listens to, to Audible all the time. All yeah, the time. I just finished a, a book series recommended by our oh, our schlub in chief. Down I need here. to know about that because it sounds like fantasy ish, and I love fantasy books. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you want to want to jump into that now, or do I? 
You, you maybe you could text me that one. I have one more. I have like a rant to go on fitness related. Oh, okay, yeah, without, yeah, yeah. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. You might like feel this a little bit. Um, it come come through in my Instagram because you follow it. But <laughs> something that like really bothers me is that there's time here. Yeah, there's a perception <laughs> that when people are overweight people think like, oh, that person is just like lazy and eats like shit and like doesn't do anything, which is so far from the truth in a lot of cases. Like there are definitely people who like aren't really watching what they eat and don't move around very much. And like in that, in those cases, it makes sense to, you know, add some movement and like make some healthier swaps with, with food. But I have several clients, like I, I see way more often clients come to me in this regard than in, um, well, in the regard I'm about to describe than someone coming to me who's just like, yeah, I eat fast food three times a day and I don't work out trying to lose weight. Usually it's like total opposite end of the spectrum. These people are working out like five or six times a week. They go and do hit classes, maybe like at 45 or a local, like high intensity training class. Um, and they're eating like they're tracking all their calories and they're eating like 1600 calories a day or something like that. And these are women that are not able to like maintain their weight while doing those things. And they're, um, like not happy with the way they look and everything. And it's super frustrating, um, for them. And it's super frustrating for me to hear people just like ignorantly say, you know, you just got to put down the cake or like, you know, you need to go for a run or something stupid like that. You gotta, you gotta earn that food. It's just so ignorant. And like, I could go down a whole nother rabbit hole of like fat phobia and all that, but which I'll spare everyone from that today. Um, but I do want to talk about like the reason that people struggle to maintain their weight, even when it seems like they're like doing all the right things is because you can also train your metabolism to be slower. And that's what a lot of these people are unintentionally doing. Um, so when you are doing a lot of high intensity training or cardio, you're telling your body like, okay, let's burn a lot of calories, burn as many calories as possible. And then you're eating in a calorie restricted state. Um, for example, like I weigh significantly less than a lot of these clients that I'm working with. And I eat probably like 2,500 calories a day. I'm having wine right now. I don't even track everything I eat and like I can maintain that. Um, and that's because I haven't trained my metabolism to, to be really slow. Well, uh, like oftentimes yeah. isn't one of the adjustments you make is like encouraging people to actually eat more mm-hmm. um, because you're at, you know, it, you can eat more of the right thing. Like, you know, there you can. Are, so I guess, sorry, if, if that's yeah. where you're going, my apologies, but uh, that, that's, that's part of where I'm going is that you can eat more of the right thing. And usually if you are eating more of the right thing, you're less likely to end up like binging later on because when people are doing a lot of calorie restriction, um, that will often end up being something that happens is you will binge and eat something that you didn't really want or like looked really good in the moment. Um, or you'll eat like an entire sleeve of Oreos because you've told yourself for so long, like I can't have these. And then you just can't white knuckle your way through it any longer. And then you just eat a ton of them at once. So that is part of this issue. Cookies. Yes. <laughs> but then the, the other issue is, you know, when you're telling your body to, that to burn as many calories as possible and you're not giving your body that many calories, you're essentially telling it like, okay, calories are scarce and I need a lot of them to do what I'm trying to do. So I need you to hold on to these for when I need to use them. And you, do that perpetually over time and time again, just going on a diet, going on a diet, and then 
teaching your metabolism, like it, it will regulate to what you're doing. So every time you like by, by eating more, you can train your metabolism to support more if you're doing that in conjunction with something like strength training. So you're putting those calories towards building muscle and then, um, you need, you're able to eat more calories and maintain the same stature because you need all those calories to keep the muscle on. Well, so, and like to try and like t- tie it in, like, um, the Olympics now, like you just watch swimming one of these days and like, I'll talk about, Oh, you know, this swimmer eats 10,000 calories yeah. today. And it's like, okay, well, no one needs to eat that many calories unless you're a high, 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 high level athlete, but like yeah. he's eating more or she's eating more, but yet it's matching the, the, the re- output, the output regimen they have. And they still look freaking amazing. They're swimmers with like no fat on their body, but like, oh, Jim ate 17 pancakes and 15 eggs this morning. And like, that's just meal <laughs> one of the day. <laughs> yeah. Breakfast of champions. Yeah. Pancakes and eggs. Yep. It's just one of those things like I I often see people coming to me and they just want to keep adding like more things that they should be doing. Like, okay, I just need to like cut my calories harder or I need to like hit my macros better. Can you change them? Should I eat like more fats and and less carbs? And I'm like, no, honestly, you just need to slowly bump up your calories over time. Don't do so much high intensity stuff for a while because your body's really adapted to that. You need to lift some weights so that you'll, you'll tighten up over time. And that, that ends up, people end up seeing a lot of success that way too. So the answer is not always just like, eat less, move more, um, <laughs> that, that people like to like simplify it down to. There are definitely cases where that works, but that is not. Well, yeah, that's taking, I mean, that's taking the whole caloric balance, right. And to an extreme, right. Like, mm-hmm. If I burn more than I consume, then I will lose weight. Well, yeah, but your body's also going to go shit. Like I'm in trouble. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just trying to think anecdotally and Colin, you should talk more too, but like thinking anecdotally <laughs> for me, um, when I was in the best shape of my life, I was eating the most I ever did. Like uh, now that was, you know, I was also powerlifting four mm-hmm. times a week and doing, you know, sprint work for the football team. But I was, I never watched what I was eating and I was eating gobs and gobs and gobs of food every day. I mean, my mom, yeah. Mama Root would literally, you know, joke with us about how much the, the grocery bill would go up during football season because <laughs> we would, my brother and I would just eat everything. Um, I believe it. Because you're just fueling that metabolism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to find a picture of Matt Root back then for all (laughs) all the viewers and for myself too. So handsome. (laughs) Handsome and fit. And, uh, you know, I, no, I'm going to be honest. I don't want to go back to that, but I, you know, I I do think I need to improve from where I am now. So we'll work on that. Yeah. It, It doesn't need to be extreme, but you know, you can, you don't have to just like, always be focused on trying to burn as many calories as possible or eat as little as possible. Like those are just not sustainable solutions, bringing it back to what I talked about before Mm -hmm. that all or nothing mentality, you want something that's sustainable. So I like to get people into a place where their metabolism can handle more food because that is sustainable to think that for the rest of your life, you're going to eat 1200 or 1600 calories. Like, okay, what, what about when you go on vacation and want it, or what about when you want to try a really great new restaurant? What about when you just don't want to track every single thing you eat? Because that is also no way to live unless it's literally your livelihood to, to be an athlete or something. So. And, and all the viewers, they're not blowing smoke. When I, when I visit them, we go and get barbecue <laughs> and we have great parties where like 
were eating one tons of wonderful, delicious food. And yeah, I could put down probably a whole pan of buffalo chicken dip wing dip myself. Uh, (laughs) If people let me, I would probably do it. Yeah. (laughs) What are what are some of? Okay, so like we talk about all these things. So like, how how do you like measure? success i guess because like i'm about to go to the doctors in like a week and a half for my physical and i know they're gonna tell me i'm overweight even though i feel great i'm but i'm five foot three and i weigh like about 170 pounds and like if you just looked at me you would be like all right he looks fine but if you looked at me without any clothes, you would see like, oh, okay, he's got some muscle on. Yeah, every single time I go to the doctor, they're like, you're too high on that BMI scale and everything. Well, BMI is a really right, dumb right, right. But, but I'm saying like, okay, so if that's dumb, like, what are we, med- like, okay, is it, like, how are we supposed to look? Or like, how are we supposed to feel? Or Well, that's, like, what is- that's a whole other ball game too of like, your health is unique to you and there is not like this universal metric that says this is healthy this is not and like this is when I was saying I could go down this whole fat phobic thing where like doctors will tie pretty much anything to your weight when it doesn't actually have anything to do with your weight what's bringing you in and like if you're not having any issues then what is the problem there isn't one like so there's no, it's not, I mean, it's not a problem. Like, so, so this is you, my favorite old picture. Um, Rue. That, that was considered by the BMI scale obese. Yeah. And this is the best fitness, at, you know, the, the most fit I've ever been. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's a good point, Colin. Um, you know, I, I was, I was healthy. I could run a mile in less than seven minutes. Like, um, yeah, I had some, a little extra weight around the waist, but I, I was the most healthy I've ever been despite what that scale said. So, uh, I think Christine's absolutely right there. Um, you know, it, it, it's easy to point and say, well, you know, it's, it's tied to your weight, but, um, there is no one perfect, perfect form to get to. I'm going to let Toddy pick back up on this cause I'm running on the team, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, if you're, I mean, blood work is a good thing to look at, um, to, to see what your health metrics are like, how you feel is good. Um, but BMI doesn't take into account like what your body tissue is made of it. Also, if you have muscle, which tends to like, you can weigh a lot more, but in being a pretty compact body, you will tip that BMI scale pretty quickly. Um, and it's, there's just all sorts of information out there about how BMI doesn't actually, um, there's not any like valuable outcomes that come from BMI. Uh, so I would just say like, thank you. Like I understand that's the way that those doctors are trained, but it is not, not a, a sound way to evaluate someone's health. Well, and, and, and I bet they can, there's correlations. You can, you can make the data fit, you know, oh, mm-hmm. people with higher BMI generally have X, Y, and, but, but you're right. That's if, if, if the, if the scale is flawed to begin with, which it was, and I, I encourage people to go up and look up the look up the creation, origin. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is just it's, it's mind-bogglingly <laughs> dumb. Um, but so the scale's wrong to begin with, or, or poor to begin with. So you may be able to correlate data to it, but that doesn't mean it's a good a good measurement anyway. So yeah, looking at something like 
uh, cholesterol or blood sugar or, you know, kind of your blood work and seeing that like much, 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 I think more uh, insightful than just looking at a ratio. Yeah. Cause Colin, you're not, you're not overweight. <laughs> you're, you're, you're fit. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, Feeling good is good. If yeah. there's not, I mean, you're not sick, there's not issues, then yeah. your energy is good. That's those are the things that I have people look at. Like, how does your energy feel? How does your confidence feel? Because a lot of times I'm working with women and that's honestly an important metric um, for how you're approaching life and in general. And that's the thing too, is like when you're pursuing, like trying to be healthier and fitter, it should just be enhancing your life overall. And I know all the things that you're already doing. And like, if you were to just continue to add more to what you're doing, you would, you would be in the point of like taking the joy out of your life and, and it would become an unhealthy pursuit. So yeah. it's not worth it. Yeah. I mean, I, obviously, you know, I, I'm not worried. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just saying like, I could see where people are like, okay, well I go to the doctor, they still tell me I'm fat or I like, how am I measuring this? Or like, you know, like people who are super analytical and like, um, well, and it's know, up to, it's up to you at that rate too, because like, to me, I feel healthy at what I'm at right now, but like lots of other fitness professionals like to be just like super shredded all the time. Um, and would think like, Oh, like I'm way more like walking around normal than, than some other people in fitness. So it's just like, it it is very individual in that way too. It's what you want it to be. Yeah. That's my spiel. That's that's health and fitness for me. We should have you on more often. Do do you recommend anabolic steroids? (laughs) (laughs) Can't say I would even know where to get them. So absolutely not. (laughs) I think I looked up one time, like when we were in high school, like how to, I mean, obviously that was a long time ago and I'm sure there are other ways to get them now, but you had to like get them shipped overseas because they were illegal here. Like that was people's arguments forever. Yeah, well, yeah, you did have to get a dealer. Yeah. Colin, you were jacked back then, though. Why, you were, why were you even looking up steroids? I, I was just looking... more jacked. I was, I was literally just looking it up for fun. I was like... I... He was like, this is the proof I don't do steroids. <laughs> <laughs> I just lift weights on the commercials when I'm watching Seinfeld, okay? That's what he did. That's what I did when I was in sixth grade. You were lifting yeah. in sixth grade? Man. That's when I started. I... I in the winter, like the winter between or before uh, our last year of Little League. Well, actually, you, you might have played one more year Little yeah, League. Yeah, I, I played right? year because my brother yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my last year of Little League, um, I I would watch Seinfeld. It was on at like 7, 7.30 on Fox. And I would, every time there was a commercial, I would, I, my dad had one one dumbbell that was maybe 12 pounds, 15 pounds or something like that. And I would do curls. I would rotate one commercial break. I would do curls. One commercial break. I would do push-ups, and one commercial break. I would do sit-ups. And I, and I know that plus I, for like four years, I spent probably more time than anyone my age hitting off a tee and doing like different drills and everything. So it wasn't just like I got stronger, but it was, I got stronger and, uh, you know, kind of obviously hit a lot of homers. Um, I shouldn't go here, but I'm going to go here. You know, you know what they say about lifting at a young age? 
<laughs> I don't know what they say. It stunts your growth. Oh. It's just a lie, by the way, because I started lifting not on a regular basis, but in seventh grade. Um, but back then, I kind of stunk at football, so I didn't didn't really see it. Uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed how I did in baseball, so I I really don't even when care. When you talk about like hitting off a tee, did you ever watch um, Arrested Development, Rudy? Yeah, hell yeah. Oh my god, when when George Michael is like in the garage with it doing the um what is it, lightsaber from Star Wars. <laughs> That's what I picture is Colin like <laughs> taking taking hits in the garage filming himself. <laughs> Sorry, it's hilarious. And then you're like, and that's the year that I hit 11 home runs in Little League or whatever. Now I'm yeah. imagining it with like the Arrested Development voiceover. And <laughs> oh my God. Ron and Howard, I would be right. That's Ron Howard. Yep. Yep. Oh God. So funny. That's my yeah. favorite all time show. So, <laughs> I, you know, I never watched the most recent season. I watched the first Netflix season, but not the second one. No, I couldn't. Yeah. Once I saw Portia de Rossi's face in the um, first Netflix season, I was like, I can't do this. Yeah, I think we tried like two episodes and it was terrible. I heard the, uh, I want to rewatch, they they recut the fourth season so it was in better order. Um, I, I, guess, I guess it made it a lot better, but. No way. I mean, I just so love bad. Will Arnett and Jason Bateman. And I love, I mean, that show is just so funny. And, I, I another shot. And, um, Oh, why can't David Cross? Mm-hmm. Excuse me. <laughs> I blew myself. Anytime I, <laughs> I try to think of my favorite character from that show, I will just end up like saying all their names because I'm like, oh, but what about Lucille? Like, R.I.P. I know. Walter. Yeah. Uh, so good. Lucille. <laughs> uh, Army had a half day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that he calls it army the whole time. Oh my god! There, there was a brewery, and I, I wish I knew back. I didn't realize you guys liked Rest of Development that much. There was a a brewery in Louisville that did all oh, a whole ton of different Rest of Development themed beers. So they they literally had one called Army Had a Half Day. No, <laughs> does it still exist? Because I'm about to try and order online. Um, it's called Mile Wide. So um, I don't know if you can ship out of the state of Kentucky, but. I can check back next time I'm in the state. Sounds good to me. Louisville, Louisville. Well, hey, Toddy. I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna branch this off to an NFL discussion. If you, I don't know if you're, I'd love for have Tabby stay on, but I also, I'll, yeah, I'll stay. I'll right, hang out. Right. Did, did, did you know? Did you know it only took 13 seconds for Patrick Mahomes to throw an interception the other day? I'm very upset. I don't want to talk about it. To throw an intercept. Wait, what? When he threw the interception in overtime, it, it was 13 seconds. Oh, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Come on. Go go, Joe Burrow. Go go, Bengals. Why do I care about Joe Burrow? Joey Burrow. He's from a he small looks... town in Ohio. Yeah. He looks Three like Macaulay like Culkin. He does. He just, he just, I don't care about him. But the Bengals I, haven't been in the playoffs and, and the Super Bowl in forever. I do feel good about, like, our neighbors really like the Bengals. They're from Cincinnati. Well, that's right. I have a few friends who, like, love the Bengals. Awesome. So I'm like, okay, I, I'm happy for you. Yeah, they mm-hmm. made the chili. Yeah, the Cincy chili. Yeah, it's good. Yep. Uh, Shout out Todd and Emily. Yeah. Shout out to Todd. Todd listens. Todd listens oh, to the pod. Todd listens. Yes. 
<laughs> for all you guys who don't know, Skyline Chili, Cincy Chili is like spaghetti with chili on top and then like a Cinnamon? massive ungodly amount of cheese on top. Just like softball-sized handful of cheese right on top. And it has like cinnamon or something in it too, yeah. right? Because it's like a little sweet, but it's good. Cinnamon. They, don't, they won't tell you, but it's either cinnamon or chocolate. Cinnamon. Mm, cinnamon or chocolate. Something like that. Yeah. Cinnamon. It's good. Girl. And they, I mean, Todd texted us on the day of the game and was like, who day? Who day? I don't know what that means, but uh, I knew it was something with them. With yeah, the it's like who dat for the Saints, but slightly different. Yeah. Who dat dare going to beat them Saints, right? That's what they say down there. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So anyway... Um, non-playoff related, some some pretty big stories in the NFL. Um, mm, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, oh come on. <laughs> well, I'm not talking about the team in in Washington. I'm talking about the he knows the, oh, the I, lawsuits. I he knows. knows. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, so did you hear the? Uh, so anyway, for 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 those who know or who don't know, um, Brian Flores, former. Uh, coach of the Miami Dolphins has filed a class action lawsuit against the NFL and three teams today based on their hiring practices. And I, uh, I'm really hoping this makes an impact, although I'm, I'm afraid it won't, but, um, you know, I guess it's related to the hiring process. He was considered a rising star coach, but like didn't get a sniff anywhere in the league, um, for some major coaching vacancies. And then the follow-up who might add, did you hear the Hugh Jackson news? Yeah. So uh, for all my Cleveland Browns fans, um, thank you for alerting me with all your Facebook activity today. So I can go look it up. But apparently, <laughs> Hugh Jackson and someone from his foundation have some sort of evidence to back up claims that he was getting incentive bonuses for losing, which you watch those teams and, and yeah, that makes sense. But still, um, what kind you of fraud is that? that? Yikes. Yeah, yeah. Like, what kind? Of, I mean, all the fans in, in town could tell you they were they were stinking and they were failing just to get draft picks and right. accrue draft capital. But now this is if this is true, this is bold faced and out there. And yeah. uh, what does that tell you about the the competitive landscape of the league when you have a coach incentivizing his team to lose? Yeah. Um, well, you're talking you're talking about two separate things, right? You're talking about competitive integrity and you're talking about racism. racism. Yeah. yeah. Well, what it sounds like is he was going to jump on the train with Brian right now because I guess Brian was talking, Brian Flores in Miami was talking about getting incentives, paid incentives to lose games as well. Right, right, right. So yes. that's where there, that's where there's the connection there. But the mm-hmm. racism aspect, which, uh, and I can't remember, I, I have to look up the clip. Uh, there was an African-American commentator on ESPN yesterday saying, it's evident, guys, the fact they have a Rooney rule, the Rooney mm-hmm. rule, is just is all the evidence you need that there is still pervasive racism in the NFL. And I said, that's actually yeah. a really good take. I didn't yeah. think about it that way. Um, but if you right. have to have a rule to encourage you, to force you to interview a minority candidate, what does it tell you about the opportunities that would happen if there wasn't a rule in place? And like, yeah. Mm, yeah, shit, like. That's yeah. not good. That's not a good Which look at all. Is especially weird considering like what is the like when companies are struggling to hire diverse candidates, the excuse that they'll use is there isn't talent of the mm-hmm. diversity profile that we're looking for. But percentage wise of who plays in the NFL, it's 
and who coach, who coaches diverse. who coaches just not a head coach in yeah. the NFL is it, it you know Makes assistant no coaching is very diverse yeah. but um yeah it's i i don't want to spend too much time on the competitive integrity thing cuz i think it's pretty clear from all sports that that tanking is a, is always been a major issue and um it's it it doesn't surprise me at all that owners are willing to pay their coaches to actively lose, especially when you consider the fact that the Dolphins owner is an investor in a sports gambling group, and yeah, that that is a whole other web of just you mean, crap. You mean the NFL that was so worried about having a team in Vegas because of gambling? Yeah, exactly. Conflicts of interest with gambling. Exactly. Uh, Exactly. I didn't know that, Kyle. Now I'm angry. Yeah. You know what they yep. say. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there, there's that. And again, that's that's across all sports. They talk about it in baseball all the time. They talk about it in basketball all the time. It's nothing new. Uh and and obviously it's nothing new that there is racism in terms of this old white guy network, which it hurts to like be a white dude. And know that there are other white dudes out there who actively work in cahoots to keep people who are more qualified than they are from getting jobs just because of the color of their skin and because they believe that they have this this right forever and ever. And like, yeah, that Rooney rule, like, it wouldn't need to be in effect <laughs> if if they just interviewed and hired people at a at a rate that made sense. You know, compared to the amount of black coaches, for example, that are in the NFL right now. And it's the same thing in college football. And it's the same thing in, in baseball. Like there was a really amazing study in baseball uh, that talked about uh, the lack of diversity at catcher, uh, the, the position of catcher and how um, catchers you know, normally end up becoming managers, you know, at, at some point. And, um, you know, there's like, a Joe Torrey out there who gets, you know, five different chances or whatever it was to manage. And then, um, you know, there's, uh, I don't, I don't know. Baseball does seem to be, you know, like Brooks or Frank Robinson got, a, got a bunch of chances. Dusty Baker got a bunch of chances. Uh, but football is like, it seems pretty extreme where like you get one chance and you're done. Like that's it. And, uh, it's about two years and you're already put into a terrible situation. And then you've got what happened in Miami where, like, he's getting paid to lose games. He would have gotten paid to lose games. I don't, I don't know that he actually took the money or whatever. But, um, but he, over, he outperformed all expectations. Yeah, yeah. Right. And he still got fired. He had, what, an eight-game winning streak Yeah, uh, this year? And he, and he got fired. And, like, I, I know the Dolphins weren't, like, an amazing team by any sense. Yeah, yeah, right, right. But... Um, I mean, come on, like the fact that there's 32 positions, one position currently has a black head coach, like that tells you everything you need to know right there. And, and like, I'm not saying the giants or uh, there was a report about the Panthers way back when John Fox, uh, was hired that, you know, they kind of did the same thing and look at, I wouldn't be surprised one way or another if teams were, you know, just kind of using the Rooney rule to, have an interview and satisfy it and not have any real interest in, in a head coach. 
but at the same time, I'm also, I don't, I don't know for sure. I mean, it's just all speculation. And like, I know that you know Bill Belichick messed up pretty badly. It seems like from that text message, but like, we still don't know the full story. And it, it's kind of like what we were talking about with fitness and you can like, you can use the data to like support your things. And like, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that that's what Flores is doing, but I, I also don't know the full story and I'm, I'm so hopeful <laughs> that the organization that I want to support is not just as bad as like the New York Mets are, but I, I don't know these days. Like, I, I just really don't. And I don't know if like part of this too, is that, I mean, they're using the Rooney rule as a check the box exercise because they, these seem to me like jobs that you get because you were like already picked out for and like the relationships that you've built, they, they know that they want to put you in this position. So that could also be a factor here. Um, a shitty one. Right. But sometimes you- yes. And sometimes no. If you, I mean, like um, McAdoo in New York was like, like, cause you're right. You know, Christine, like a lot of times coordinators. So like the vice presidents of the team, this, the second level coaches are the ones that get hired to head coach jobs. But then you've got like some, you know, white dude who with a pedophile mustache, getting yes, hired just because, just because he coached Aaron Rodgers. He's like, in Carolina now. Like, he gives me the heebie-jeebies. He does. He's a weirdo. He's you can go see him every Sunday starting in September. So, um, oh, yes. but anyway, um, I guess I'm, I'm curious oh, to see six, seven, eight, nine months from now, does the NFL settle <laughs> or does, does some, some more stuff come to light, you know? Um, Cause you know, with the outcome of the Kaepernick case where it's kind of like, all right, we didn't hear anything. Yeah. Um, that tells me, uh, you know, it not, even though it's not an admission of guilt, it tells me there's something there that didn't, they didn't want to get out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hope we see some of what Brian Flores is looking at for why he filed this, this, this lawsuit, but to to add an injection of Ethan Ertz um, negativity here, I'm going to say it's a bunch of rich white dudes with money, and it'll unfortunately it probably go their way. It is. Kevin Blackiston was on NPR this morning, and he was like, the thing that black coaches have always worried about is this like network of old white dudes who actively work to keep them out of jobs. And it's like, it legitimately exists. <laughs> like there, that network exists. And it's, it's scary. It, it, and, uh, well, and like, you've got what, you've got one minority owner right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the Jacksonville owner. Yep. Right. And then you've got a couple women that have inherited their teams due to family ties, uh, Chicago and in Detroit, I believe. Um, but yeah, like, <sighs> and when the owners have to vote for who can be a new owner, like, Mm-hmm. <laughs> no freaking wonder like you're just you, look you what happened with steve Cohn. you're always going to pick the people that look like you you yeah, exactly. unconsciously even consciously or unconsciously feel the most comfortable with those people yep i'm not i'm not NFL, saying as an nfl owner myself i wish i could change <laughs> there it is had, he's been rolling his eyes you guys were he's rolling his eyes <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that A-Rod and J-Lo before they broke up would have been a good ownership group for the New York Mets, 
But I'm also not saying that Steve Cohen was the right dude to pick because yeah. he wasn't. That's just that's Facts. just a fact. Yeah, that's just a fact. He's a shady, say? shady, ugly dude. Facts. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was going to be another yikes. Nope. Had to change it up that time. <laughs> well, two other two other snippets of news. Goodbye, Tom Brady. Enjoy yourself. Bye bye, go. Your, Thank you for the two rings. Yeah, your your backhanded. Um, <laughs> You know, farewell announcement that didn't even mention any of your fans in New England. Apparently, apparently he had already done that. Is what I read. I because I saw the outroar, but uproar, uproar, uh, outrage, shout out, outrage. outrage. Shout out to uh, Nick Foles. Twelve percent. Twelve percent beer. <laughs> yeah, you know, mine is bigger and it's thirteen uh, percent. So shout out to wait, what's that? Quarterback that Sam really likes, Big Dick. No, the one that um, I think he played under Tom Brady, New England. Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo. He well, it's very attractive. Bye, bye, Jimmy. Shout out to Nick Foles who posted a congratulations response today on Twitter to Tom Brady. You know, for congratulating him for a great career. And the picture he posted was a picture of him shaking Tom's hand, which is. Um, Poignant because Tom refused to shake Nick's hand after he lost to him in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. <laughs> so I thought that was a, a wonderful, wonderful, good little burn. Uh, and then also one more shout out. I got to give a shout out to uh, the Schlubina. Um, the announcement came out today. Uh, and, you know, we have the Washington Commanders, which uh, I almost texted you guys because there actually was a leak about four days ago when they registered yeah. the domain. But yeah. I also didn't want to like, I didn't want to even bring it up because I just I didn't, like I, I would be tempted to ask Hannah and uh, I know these probably must have this must have been a, a hectic week for her and it is probably <laughs> a hectic day for her still she's probably still working the media angle on it now but yeah uh, I'm excited I think that's a good change um, yeah like any like any change Indians to Guardians it's going to be weird first um, you're going to have to develop that following but I'm Assuming 20 or 30 or 40 years from now, those names are going to be just as beloved as the other names and franchises around the their respective sports. So, yeah. But I did like the hot take. Um, someone posted, uh, an Eagles fan posted on Twitter that their logo looks like a taco holder. And I just thought that was great. Like when you go to a Mexican restaurant and you get your, those little stainless steel taco holders. I thought that was great. Fantastic. Only Washington. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can see that. I can completely see that. It does look like a taco holder. Yeah. Uh, Any other news we missed? Uh, I feel like there's one more NFL thing we missed, but I'm I'm drawing a blank here. Let's go Matt Stafford. No, let's go Joe Burrow. Joey Joey will get his time. Let's, let's, Let's give Matt one. No, no. Matt Stafford, no. No, no, he just he just suffered for so long in Detroit. <laughs> hey, he had he had Megatron and they still couldn't win. He had him for like three years. <laughs> oh, come on, more than that. And they had no no line, no defense, no, no nothing else. Well, just the two of them. Pulled himself up by his bootstraps and you know, won the game anyway, put the team on his back. Yeah. All right. Whatever you say, Matt. Bootstraps. We're going in the ridiculousness zone right here. Um, <laughs> come on, uh, what else? What else we missed in the world of sports this week? 
Uh, MLB, insert cricket sound. Um, um, Olympics Olympics this weekend. Yeah. Um, I'm already seeing social media campaigns to make it the least watched Olympics ever. I wouldn't doubt it one bit. I have no interest. I'm, I'm against China. I'm not all that excited, really, honestly, which is a shame because if I had to pick my favorite Olympics, it would be, I like the winter events more than the summer events, but. Same. Um, I love the figure skating. I don't know why. Oh, why? Oh, man. I just grew up loving to watch figure skating. She likes to see people stab each other in the necks. What? No one does that. Wait, what? Uh, that definitely happened. Okay, Tanya Harding. Yeah. That wasn't a stab in the neck. Wasn't it? Didn't she take the skate and stab in the neck? No, no. Someone she had uh, Nancy Kerrigan assaulted with a the guy hit her with a piece of rebar in the leg. Oh, I thought she stabbed her in the neck with the no, skate. No, no, no. The guy was trying to the guy was trying to break her leg. Fake news. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, good. Wow, you learn something new every day. About that out there. Come on, Callan. Dude, I I watch I, I watch women in sports. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa, whoa <laughs> I love women in sports. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> I said whoa. that just to trigger you. I'm sorry. Whoa. Colin loves women in sports. Wow. Uh, but um, yeah, I don't know. I like I'll probably watch a little bit of curling, maybe some of the ski events. Ew, um, curling. Curling, yeah. Ew. Dude, have you seen like the like the the Swedish curling team, women's Swedish curling team? No, I can't like, say really it. attractive. <laughs> but you shit on figure skating, which is just a beautiful display of art. Wow. Maybe we should all watch Norwegian Drive By, aka Biathlon. Uh, oh, my my coworker's brother does the biathlon. He's in the Olympics, it's, so it's, I need to watch this. It's Norwegian Drive By. It's a Robin Williams joke. You're you're skiing and then shooting, and then skiing and then shooting. <laughs> oh my god, that's good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I can't think of like. Do you have a favorite sport, Colin? The favorite Winter Olympic sport? Uh, it would be hockey, but I don't think we're playing because of COVID. Ho- or US isn't playing because of COVID. Really? I'm pretty sure they pulled out. Oh shit! Uh, so, Toddy, other than figure skating, do you have a favorite? No, it's figure skating. Figure skating. <laughs> um, I don't know. I have to say, I really like. Um, like the skeleton, I think that's nuts and crazy. Mm-hmm. And I like um the slope style. I think that's fun. Mm-hmm. The like the like the road rash meets downhill snowboard racing meets like we're gonna throw a couple jumps in there. Um, so that always sounds fun. But I guess it. I need to watch more to figure out what else I like. Yes, people. Watch the Olympics. Say goodbye. We are done. done. Oh, that was quick. Say goodbye. Bye. Adios.